all of you who made Wednesday night such a great success. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful evening, and you'll get to see uh, photos of the evening later in our stewardship video. If you're looking for ways to connect with First United Methodist Church, let me remind you that of our missions for this coming month and that's already started. We will be collecting food bags. Um, the Thanksgiving food bags empty are available in the Narthex and the Chestnut Street lobby for you to pick up and bring back to the church. Also, we are collecting uh, funds for the community Thanksgiving cakes and desserts. Before we go to our time of prayer and worship today, I just want to introduce Bob Blunt. Bob will have the stewardship moment after our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. It is grace to be able to worship you. And we pray, dear Lord, that you fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. And you renew us in this time to come so that we might be your faithful witnesses in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. <clears throat> While today marks the end of the generosity emphasis for October, it is only the beginning of what God is going to do with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Today you're invited to consider the question, how are new beginnings made possible through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? There's prayer response cards uh, on the pews in front of you on each end. And we're asking that you'll complete that prayer card answering that question, how are new beginnings made possible through your prayers, etc. Um, you can place those cards on the altar rail, on the kneeling rail up here uh, after the service, or you can put them on the interactive prayer station in the Chestnut Street lobby. Also, don't forget to return your 2024 estimate of giving card, which I have mine, uh, I've, I was uh, told by Sheila this week that I needed to turn mine in, so I'm expecting everyone to turn theirs in by the end of the, this month also. This uh, estimate helps us prepare better for 2024 and marks our commitment to the church for the coming year, both financially and spiritually. So be sure and turn these cards, this pledge card in either today or try to get it to the church by the end of the month. As the prophet proclaimed of the Lord, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is doing a new thing here at First United Methodist Church, and we're all invited to be a part of it. Thank you.
Amen. Let us affirm our faith together as we recite or say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. And now let us worship God with our morning offering. Let us pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we give these gifts as an act of worship, praising you, honoring you, and celebrating your goodness among us. Bless these gifts, guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
may be seated. As we go to our time of prayer today, um, my heart is heavy and I imagine yours is too for uh, another shooting in our country for Lewis, the people of Lewiston, Maine, and also with events in Israel and the Middle East. We bring those to God today in our time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, you know our need even before we speak the needs. And we know you are ever present to hear them. And I pray, dear Lord, that you just be with those situations that we hold on our heart today. With those who mourn and struggle and those who are sick, those who are suffering and, and dealing with unrest, those who need your grace, we just lift them to you as we lift ourselves to you. God, there are so many times when we struggle and we need your presence and forgiveness and peace. God, help us to be your followers, your servants in this world and, and help us to be agents of your love and grace. Forgive us when we fail to do your will. Help us on the journey of discipleship. Bless us on that journey. And God, continue to bless this church. Be with us as we make disciples for the transformation of the world. Be with not only this church, but our community, our nation, and our world. This we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. me and children you are dismissed to children's church please stand as you are able and join us in singing our hymn of preparation number 99 my tribute
to be seated.
God has always given me new beginnings. And I know that as I give my prayers and my time and my talent, that I will grow closer to Him and He will give me strength. My hope and prayer is that we have a renewal for um, those to come and worship in person. Each week I get excited and rejuvenated by those that are in worship with me, just knowing and seeing their faces. There are times where we approach each other and we just know that that person needs a hug, that person needs a handshake. You have to participate to get the full experience and benefit of being here. So many ways to grow and help others bond with your church family. If you don't show up in some way, you'll miss it all. Don't forget to share this church family with others. Many people are anti-church because of churches. We're not those churches. We got to show them and then they want to be here as well. I'd like to think that I'm evidence that God can take an ordinary school teacher like myself and turn them into a teacher of the Bible. It seemed like a daunting task because I know there are people out there in the room that know a whole lot more than I do about scripture and lessons, but you just don't know till you try. And when I was asked and encouraged to do so, I said yes. For new beginnings to even be a possibility for our church, we must have our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness in dedication to our church at Gadsden First United Methodist. I hope you have a daily prayer time. I know that I didn't for years, and now I do, and it makes such a difference in my day, in my week, and in my thoughts. And I know that every day I try to pray for our church, I try to pray for Sherry and the staff, and try to be very specific um, talking to God about our needs right now. And our presence, of course, we love for, to see you in person here, and we love for you to be in church and to visit with other members because that's really the way God intended for us to gather as groups and to be with each other. Our gifts right now is more important than ever. We've faced a lot of adversities in our church in the last year or so, and I know that Mark and I try very hard to increase our gifts each year and I know that by increasing it, it might seem that that would make our finances a struggle, but it does not. It really just really blesses us. So I hope that you will also try to increase your gifts this year because they are really needed. Our service, I spoke on the, uh, a few Sundays ago about how much our service to the church means. And our witness, you know, every day we can go out and show people what it means to be a Christian by living the life that God calls us to live. And I wanted to say one other thing about our presence. Even though it is very important that we come to church, I also think it is very important that if you're just coming and walking out the door without meeting people or experiencing all of the things we have to offer at First Methodist, you're not getting your full experience because by coming and serving and being a receptionist and doing ladle of love and working with the children, it's just it just increases your blessings so much more. So I hope if you're coming 
that you will try this year to increase also your service and your gifts. I think the ministries of our church only happen when we're all working together and all bringing our own unique uh, assets and perspectives and efforts together, whether it's how uh, we're serving in a ministry, whether it's our witness to another person, through it's our, whether it's our giving uh, to the church. I think as we all work together uh, to support our mission of our church to be the hands and feet of Jesus, I think we all have a role to play and I'm excited about that uh, new beginning for our church and how I can be a part of that. Before uh, I begin today, I want to offer a word of thanks um, to those who've worked with our generosity emphasis, particularly Sheila Freeman for putting the videos together each week. That video that you just saw was members talking about new beginnings, and um, I really appreciated not only their testimony, but the ability for all of you to see some things that happened here Wednesday night in the way we were able to come together as a church to minister to this community with fun and, and fellowship. Thank you, Sheila, for working hard with this emphasis. Uh, and just a word on your pews at the, each end where the envelope, uh, the offering envelope holders are, you will find a prayer card. And the question for this week is, how are new beginnings made possible through your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? I invite you to pray over these cards, think about them as we move through the sermon, and if you feel led to share your response, you're invited to place those on the communion rail after the service or at the interactive prayer station in the Chestnut Street lobby. So today is the last week of our emphasis on generosity, new beginnings. And we've been working through the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. And you have to remember that while we've been living in this chapter for four weeks, five weeks now, it was totally new to the Israelites when Isaiah spoke these words. Totally new. They had heard uh, words of judgment and what was going to happen to them. And it's now marked with words of assurance, words of peace, words of hope, a reminder that God would not forsake them. It was a beautiful word of, of hope, do not fear, a beautiful word of the presence of God, I am with you. 
a beautiful word about what was going to happen. You are going to be my witnesses, witnesses to the power of God. And also a word not only of hope for those gathered, but the future. Because you have to remember, with Isaiah being a long-tenured prophet, some of those who heard the words of hope would not be alive to see them realized. So all this was a new beginning, and that's what we're focusing on in this emphasis, new beginnings in our lives and the life of First United Methodist Church. So as we move to that examination, I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses 22 through 25, and then our emphasis verse of 19. Hear these words of the prophet. Yet you do not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with sacrifices. You have not burdened you, I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not brought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And then our verse of emphasis. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, as we... Examine new beginnings in our life and in the life of this church and consider what it means to truly worship you. I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Isaiah offers this hope-filled message of new beginnings, of ways in the wilderness, of God's presence. And it's a beautiful chapter. But he just can't let it go. One more word of judgment. One more word of why the people are where they are. And he, he puts it right in there. And that's the scripture reading for today. He says, you have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings. You have not brought me sweet cane or money. You have not fulfilled the law of, of worship. Instead, you have only brought me sin and iniquities. Of course, he doesn't end there. He does add a word of hopefulness after that, saying, I am he, I am God, the God who forgives your sins and blots out your transgressions. Now, if you read the first few books of the Bible, you know that Moses gave people the law. He gave them uh, the instructions for how to worship. There were holy moments, holy festivals, and they were to honor God at those holy festivals by bringing an offering. Or also there were holiness codes. They were to be holy as God was holy. In order to purify themselves or find forgiveness, they had to bring sacrifices into the temple. These were the laws and regulations and rules. It was a little bit separate. Yes, it was participatory that they brought the offerings, but the priest would come and make the sacrifices on their behalf. That was how they worshiped. 
And Isaiah was saying they weren't honoring the law and the code of worship. Instead, they were only bringing their sins and iniquities. They weren't bringing their best to God. Instead, they were bringing their distractions. They weren't honoring God. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. When we read this, we might feel a little separate because that's not how we worship today. Fortunately, I'm not offering sheep uh, in the sanctuary today or you're not having to bring sweet cane or doves or wheat or some other sacrificial offering. So we may not think of ourselves in terms of what Isaiah was saying. We don't worship that way. We think of worship a little bit different. When I think of worship, I think about that group of, of fellowshippers and, and fun lovers who gather here on Thursday night. And we laugh and we pray together. I think about the praise band at 9 o'clock in the celebration service on Sunday mornings and the beautiful songs that we sing in that time of, of holy reverence to God. I think about this service and the chiming of the hour and these amazing stained glass windows and the choir singing behind me. I think about all of those worshiping with us online today. Hello, online worshipers. We're glad you're with us. That's what I think about when I think of worship. And perhaps that's what you think about when you think of worship. A time when we show up together as the body of Christ gathered in the sanctuary to focus on the Lord. But really, our worship is more than just what we do and how we sit in the seats. Yes, we might be participating. Our heart is here. Our songs, our minds, we're with God. But our worship is larger than what we do on Sunday morning or how we show up for an hour. Worship is defined as the expression of reverence or adoration for God. Really, this has to do with the first four of the Ten Commandments. It's about honoring God properly. The first of those commandments is God is God alone. God is first. You shall not create any graven images of God. You shall not have idols in your life. You shall not take God's name in vain. You should not be flippant about your relationship with God and you should honor God properly. And you should observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Uh, meaning that God rested on the, after creation on, on the seventh day and we should find rest and renewal too because we're not better than God and to put ourselves in such a place where we believe we don't need Sabbath is to say that we're God-like, we're better than God. And we know that's not true. We must remember our proper place. So all those rules are about loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. And that's really what worship is about. Worship is larger than showing up on a Sunday morning. And that's what Paul writes about in Romans. Paul is saying that we are to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. What Isaiah was saying in the scripture reading for today is the people aren't bringing their best. 
They're not bringing what honors God. They're not following the prescribed worship procedures. They're only giving what wearies God. They're not loving God with everything they've got. They're bringing their distractions to worship. They're bringing their false gods to worship. They're bringing their sins and iniquities. If sin can be defined as anything that draws us from the will of God, they were bringing what was drawing them instead of honoring the Lord. What are we bringing to worship? Are we bringing a life which is spiritual worship, not just showing up, but honoring God with a life of spiritual worship, a life presenting ourselves as holy and living sacrifice to the one who created us. Once Jesus was confronted by the religious leaders, they were trying to trick him and trap him, and so the conversation went like this. Jesus, should we pay taxes to the emperor? And Jesus uh, said, give me a coin. Whose image is on the coin? And he looked, Someone said, looked at the coin and said, the emperor's image is on the coin. Well, give to the emperor what is the emperor. Pay your taxes and give to God what is God. The image on the coin was the emperor's. We are made in the image of God. We are to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice, honoring God with all our heart all our might and all our soul as a living and sacrificial worship. This is where we bring the best to God. And that's why this generosity emphasis is about something broader than just stewardship. In the past, it's been simply about stewardship, about how we bring our resources to church. And that's logistically needed. Um, that Many of you work with nonprofits, and you know that that's just practical. A nonprofit has to prepare for the coming year and know what, it, what resources they have to work with. And that's part of this stewardship campaign, helping the leadership be good stewards of this church. It's practical. But really, generosity is more than just the practical side of life. It's a spiritual side of life. Therefore, when we worship, it's more than what we put in the plate. Being generous to God and focusing on God involves our prayer life. We worship God with our prayers. We worship God in traditional worship. We worship God by serving. Matthew 25, Jesus told a story when you feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit the sick and in prison, you do unto him. That is worship. When we tell others about Christ, that is our worship. Those elements of prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, that's a life of worship. Our actions and our words are the ways that we present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice to God. In pursuing a worship-filled life, I encourage you to start where you are. It isn't that we're saved and the next day we're like Jesus and we're perfect and we've got it all together because none of us have it all together. 
We are all sinners in, sta- in need of God's love and grace. And it's a journey. So begin the journey where you are. Seek God and where God might be calling you to a new beginning in the next year. And make a commitment in that new beginning. I don't know where it is, but there's an opportunity for you to make that commitment on your estimate of giving card. Underneath the place, if you haven't turned it in yet, underneath the place where you make your estimate of giving, it asks, what what new beginnings are you committing to in the next year? That might be an individual time of prayer. It might be showing up in worship more often. It might be increasing or stepping up in giving to the church, serving in a new way, which, by the way, if that's it, the staff would love to help you find a way to plug in in a new way here at First United Methodist Church. And it might be witness. That's mine for the coming year. I've, I've said before that I can stand in front of you and preach. Of course, this day I got a little tongue-tied, but typically I can stand in front of you and, and preach, and it doesn't faze me. But one-on-one witness... That's more difficult for me. So this coming year, I feel compelled to write down my testimony and pray for an opportunity to use it. And maybe somewhere along the way, God will use me in someone's life. And I can tell my story of how God has worked in my life. Which leads me to this prayer question. What new beginnings are made possible through your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? I don't know. I don't know. God is big. And I don't know where my gifts or what I give, my new beginning, what that will be. I hope it makes an everlasting impact on someone's life, and in turn, uh, the ripple effect continues. And it's exciting to think about if we're all committing to something new and growing with Christ, how God can use this, not just for us to serve each other and, and be a better church, but to make a difference in this community and make an eternal difference in people's lives. We live in a broken and hurting world, and God is calling us to new. God is waiting to do a new thing, and I'm excited to see what that might be. A few weeks ago, I was scrolling through social media, and one of my colleagues made a post, and he said, your decision to attend worship on Sunday is made on Saturday night. I guess he was wanting people to be at church the next day, and he was making a point, making people want to make a decision. But really, that's kind of limited, because... Our worship is not just this hour, it is every hour as we present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice to the Lord. And it's exciting to see how he can use that and bless that and bless this body of Christ. So what new beginning does God have in store for us for the coming year? I don't know. It's in God's hands. But I'm excited to see how God is calling you to step up and what that will mean to the life of First United Methodist Church. Amen. Let us pray. God, um, it is awesome to know that you make all things new and that you are possible 
it is possible that through you new beginnings come. And we just pray for new in our lives, in the life of this church, and the life of many. Guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn 354, I Surrender All. If you are able, I invite you to stand as we sing together.
Now, I have to say, no offense, Grover, but this is the most handsome and lovely acolytes I've ever seen. <laughs> now, um, if you have a prayer request in your life or would like to talk more about uniting with First United Methodist Church, either by transfer membership, profession of faith, or baptism, I'll be available after the service to talk with you. And know that you're invited back next week as we celebrate All Saints Sunday. And also you will hear why I pronounce the benediction the way I do each week. And now receive that benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.